1: Welcome to the RTGA podcast on, um, it's been a quiet week, I suppose. Uh, there's not much been going on. There's not much been happening over the last few days, particularly in and around the Munster Hurling Championship and, uh, delighted firstly to be joined by Brendan Cummins after his sojourn as under twenties manager. I think Brendan and Connor Neville from online have both joined us just to preview this weekend. It's not a massive weekend. But I think it would be remiss for us to go a step further to just mention, given the fact that your role as under twenties manager, and just a quick word on the fact that we've got Wexford and Offaly in a Leinster under twenty final, that's pretty good news, is it?
2: Yeah, I think um, I think absolutely it is. Yeah, there's no there's no doubt about it. I mean, Offaly have beaten Galway. And everyone thought, well, you know, Galway might have been a bit weak and, and all this kind of stuff you start to hear thrown out. And uh, then suddenly they beat Dublin last night and uh, an unbelievable result. And if you take it from where Offaly were last year and the devastation that we saw on the pitch in Nolan Park, fair play to, to everyone involved in Offaly hurling now that they're in an the 20 hurling final. And Wexford the same. You know, they have had a fair old journey beating Kilkenny and Nolan Park a goal with five or six minutes left to set them up. And, um, you know, they've, they've done extremely well as well. So... It's a huge fill-up, I think, for those counties in Wexford and in, in Offaly to have an underage team in a in a, in a in a, in a Leinster final like this. And reality is, well, Rory, it is an All-Ireland semi-final. Mm. So obviously the winners of Leinster will go on to play the winners of Munster. So they're only one step away from the big day, and that is going to be massive for, for both counties. And and I suppose given a push on, I've seen the Hurling teams um, as well.
1: And Connor, you would keep a reasonably close eye in relation to Joe McDonough. And given Offley's record at the minute and the fact that they're pretty much they're in the Joe McDonough final. It's just it's just a case of who joins them there from this weekend. And let's lead on to it because it's a natural segue. It's good news from Offley Hurling. I mean, we're seeing Uh, hopefully a little bit of a renaissance there. They will be back in Division 1, you would imagine, at some stage in league and championship. And, you know, look, I suppose they have a good tradition in Offaly. It's a very difficult county to manage in a dual capacity, given the size of the county. But for them to be back now at a stage where they can potentially attack this, um, take the foot off the pedal to a degree this weekend, um, Carlo obviously need the win. And then it's just a case of what happens with the other three teams over the course of the weekend. But really good positive signs for Michael Dugnan and, and Offaly Hurling in general.
3: Yeah, they seem to have got their their uh, house in order, particularly at underage. I mean, we saw that they've, they've had under 20 success in previous years. Uh, Miners reached an All-Ireland final last year, very unlucky not to win it, of course. When you, when you consider that it was their sort of complete collapse at underage, from about the mid-2000s onwards, they really laid the, the, uh, the groundwork for their sort of abysmal decline. And they, they really did decline to a terrible, terrible degree. And, and it's great to see they've resurrected. And it's much needed from the point of view of Leinster. It could give a real shot in the arm. And it's worth noting that, you know, the, the, the winners of the Joe McDonough played the third-place team in Leinster this year. And we can recall what happened four years ago when the third-place team in, in Leinster, Dublin, played Leish. So I would say Offaly would fancy a crack at it. Given the condition of Leinster, the current Leinster Championship beneath uh, Kilkenny and Galway, I'd imagine Offaly would be sort of, if they can get over the Joe McDonald. and they do look like favourites at this point, you know, they'd fancy a crack at whoever, whoever, whoever came third in that. Uh, this weekend raises an interesting uh, dilemma for them in the sense that they're already in the final, and it's a question of who they want to play. Because on form, leash look stronger. I mean, they they look particularly strong the last day, uh, you know, Carlo m- managed to get a draw at of leash with a late goal. Um you could imagine it, it makes sense from Offley's point of view, you would say, to maybe throw out a sort of understrength second string team to maybe get some game time into them. And uh, given that they don't really need need to worry about this result, and indeed it might be of benefit if, if Carlo got into the Joe McDonough final rather than Leash. So you know it's it's interesting from the point of view of their motivation this week. I, I suspect uh Leash could be in bother given the way that the fixtures have fallen.
1: You very close ties with Joe McDonough teams obviously having coached in Kerry for a number of years. It's a it's a really, really good competition, Brendan, in many ways. And is it what do you think is the key for teams at that level to try and get up then to sustain a more longer presence at the top tier?
2: Well, I think it's it's playing against teams of your, your peers where you have an opportunity to win. And I think any team that can go through the Joe McDonough a little bit similar to what off they have, win every match, uh, I'd agree there that I think Carlo will, will beat off the weekend in uh, in. Because Carlo at home, awfully, will be nursing a few injuries from the last day against Kerry. And it would suit awfully, way better, I think, to play Carlo than Leash, who had built a bit of momentum um, after losing to awfully 01. But yeah, it gives you a confidence. Is what it does, and it gives you a carrot that you win, uh, win a final, and then you go up to play with the big boys. And if it goes wrong with the big boys, we said it before. We've seen Westmead getting hammered in games. We said, oh, it's no good for them. But then when they come to a championship, they actually learn a huge amount from playing at a higher level. And when they play teams a little step lower, then they actually progress better. Look at Antrim; they've gone from being this yo-yo team for a few years to now. Darren Gleeson has got that solidity in the Leinster hurling championship, you know. And outside of the Kilkenny result the last day they've done extremely well in the Men's Championship. So it's not a patronising nod to these so-called weaker counties. It gives them a platform to get confidence, to get players into a bit of a rhythm. And then they carry that momentum from success into the following year, into play with the big boys. And they see how good they really are. And I think the structure is, is unbelievably good and has been really, really healthy for, for hurling. And even if you look down through the Christy Ring, the Nicky Rackard like right down along the table, there's opportunity for every team to perform against teams that they know they can beat with an opportunity and obviously to improve themselves the following year. So it's it's just a fantastic structure in hurling
1: And um, heading on then to Liam McCarthy cup level, obviously there's only one game really this weekend. Leinster's taking a break this weekend. We've got the Davy Derby in, in Semple Stadium, which is obviously a, a home match for Waterford. There's a lot of talk that Waterford are dead ducks. Do you buy that, Brendan? Um, no, I think the performance they had
2: against Limerick was, was really, really good. Um, expectation was higher going into Pocky Keeve. And if there's one thing I'd probably look at it from a players or management point of view is that it's a lot easier to go out and play a game where we're expected to lose by six points and we lose by two and be a hard look story than to rock down to Pocky Keeve. And it was... It seemed a little bit all over the place for Watford Blomphoff, to be honest. Against the Breeze, I would have expected Davey to to have maybe 12 players behind the ball, uh, play two up top, and then be the game runners um, to try to anchor the play. But they played all their forwards, nearly inside the penalty area on some poke outs to try to isolate Jack Prendergast. Didn't really work. Um, And it just seemed a little bit all over the shop. Now, having said all that, right, um, they still have a huge opportunity, I think, because if there's anything in, these players worry. Like last year in Ennis, they got hammered by, by Clare. They weren't right at all. Liam Cahill left the setup. up Davy came in, new start, fresh, had won in All-Ireland, um, had brought, I suppose, Wexford from nowhere to Leinster final and, and only for Tipperary beating them in the semi-final. Who knows if they'd have won the All-Ireland that year. So everything was set up for them. Now there's no more excuses in reality. You have to perform against Clare or you're gone. Or else you're going to play against Tipperary in a game that you hope you can beat tipped for the sake of just knocking them out. So they're still very, very much in the hunt now, but they have to produce, and that's a real pressure on these players now. I think they've lost five games in a row. So let's see what's in them now on Saturday night.
1: They've, the, their record in the Liam McCarthy Cup, Connor, is not good. They have one win since the round robin came in, and that obviously came against Tipperary last year at home in Walsh Park, and lost the subsequent three games after that,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and the season petered out. They do have an opportunity. They've had a two-week break. They're going into a game where everybody is saying their season is done and dusted. Semple Stadium is as close to a home for them as you could possibly get without being at home. And obviously, Davey is, you would imagine now, given the two weeks rest on the back of the Cork match, given the fact that who they're playing will have them primed and ready for this. So... Is this is this, this is there a potential upset here which blows the Monster Championship um, wide open again?
3: Yeah, I suppose the conditions are there for it, given they're they're so low. I mean I don't fancy it personally. I mean, David's record against Clare hasn't been great, and it wasn't great for Wexford. It was, I mean, I thought Waterford, I agree with Brendan. I mean, their their performance against Cork was really I thought the first half in particular was very bizarre. I mean, they seem to be trying to they were, their, their attackers weren't really playing as they saw it. I don't know if Brendan agrees. I mean, there was a lot of, they seemed to be try, trying to play to nearly a predetermined pattern or something. I remember there was one moment when Caleb Lyons was sort of sauntering through the middle and he was in acres of space and he had a chance to take a point And he tried this sort of slightly odd diagonal pass to Desi and went over his head. He had to regather it by the sideline. It was almost like they, they, they were overplaying to an incredible degree, I thought, in the first half and then registered six points which is an appalling tally and that has been a problem now they 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 almost they almost worked a few goal chances in the second half and could have got a could have got a couple of goals but they're scoring they're not racking up the scores to to win games i i personally on bat. i mean they're certainly not out of it on balance i would say they won't win a game in this monster championship and it is it is curious their their record in the round robin how abysmal it is because they had two very good seasons in the pandemic years oddly enough so it has fed the notion that they seem to thrive better in a knockout phase now I don't know why that would be certainly there's some issue around their home ground they've only played a couple of seasons in Walsh Park but then their record in Walsh Park when they played there wasn't great either with the round um, and John Conlon yesterday was talking about how the round robin really he, he felt the round robin really suited Clare's players and you know Clare have won nine of Fourteen round robin games they've actually a better record in the round robin than limerick excluding the monster final they've won nine games since 2018 and limerick have won eight so Claire have the best record of all and when asked why why it might have suited Claire, he cited the kind of forwards they have that sort of they've a great bunch of, he didn't really specify but they've quick forwards excellent forwards and he and he cited the ns factor so Claire are associated with Having a, a fortress home ground. Now they have lost a couple of games to Tip there, but generally it's been a it's it's a good ground for them. Whereas Waterford don't have that, and I don't know if that's a factor. But it, it, it's 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 a curious factor that some teams seem to thrive in the round robin and some don't. Uh you know th- you'd imagine there'd be a kick in Waterford. There's a lot on the line for them, but there's a lot on the line for Clare too. I mean, you know, this I mean they have to play Cork then in the last game. I mean there's. There's, def- there's going to be strong teams falling out of this Munster Championship. And so, you know, this is, Claire can't really afford to give up two points here. So I, I expect they'll, on form, I think they can take it this weekend, to be
1: honest. On Claire, uh, Brendan, like one of the things that might have been leveled at Claire in the past was, I mean, even going all the ways back to the 90s, when you had many a famous joust with the Delo's team, Was that they didn't really have too many forwards that you needed to worry about. Like there was James E, there might have been Sparrow, but they didn't have like a proper spread of scorers and danger all over their their front six. Could you you certainly couldn't say that now?
2: No, you couldn't know. You like the likes of Peter Duggan, like in verse 20 Kelly. He scored four points so far in the in the championship this year, and uh the last day was starting to find his mojo a little bit more, Ryan Taylor. Like yeah, and you've Aaron Shanahan coming off the bench as well. And and clear because of the size that they have with Dobin. like Shane O'Donnell comes out the field, he's turned himself into a kind of a worker bee, but a a, a, a messy type worker bee, we we'll call it in the in the way he can jink and, and the magic that he has in his touch in his hands and a scoring trade as well. But he can also lump the ball into the square, wanting. If I'm Davey looking at Clare, Clare follow you all over the pitch. It didn't suit him against Tipperary because John Conlon found himself nearly his own half-forward line at times, which left space inside for Jake Morrison, the inside of tip and tip ended up getting five goals. If I'm Watford, I'm thinking, right, we might be able to turn that on them. That enthusiasm for contact that Clare have pushes them out of shape, we'll call it. So I think if Watford have to get any success, they'll probably have to look at Desi Hutchinson's side with Patrick Fitzgerald and everybody else out the field. And you might be able to turn that enthusiasm Claire have for their attack and prowess and push up and, and don't sit back and all this kind of thing back on them. But certainly it suited the style when they played Limerick because that's exactly the way I think you have to go about playing Limerick. But Clare were fully equipped for that. But maybe Watford the next day might be able to turn that a little bit, which I think gives them a little bit of chink of hope.
1: Just a quick general point about Clare and Clare G.A. across the board, Connor. They won the Munster Minor Hurling Championship last night. They're in the under-20 Munster Final next Monday night. They took Kerry all the way in the Munster Under-20 Football Championship, had to go to extra time. They made the senior Munster Final, knocking out Cork and Limerick on the way. What's going on? Yeah, I mean it's 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 really been a bumper year. I mean
3: it's curious given that you know a couple of years ago they were getting sort of sort of viral scoreline humiliations against the likes of Cork. and this was it was you know, there was a lot of doom mongering around about where they were going. And that seems to have been turned on its head. I mean, we've seen they won the Monster Monster title there the other night. Uh yeah, I mean it's been an exceptional year so far. Now they would <laughs> they are chasing and defeating the football at the weekend, but uh
1: they if, won't be the first, they won't be they, won't, they, be won't, the, they <laughs> won't be the first to suffer to suffer one of them at the hands of countries. I Horses. mean, no, we're not talking about football. I the mean, last.
3: I fancy them to beat Donegal and survive the group phase, but yeah, uh certainly it's been a yeah, I it's hard to explain what's what's going on there. They've certainly revived and Brian Logan's done a Done a really good job. He seems to be a real folk hero down in Clare. I mean, there's a kind of a. He's very there's a there's a huge amount of respect. I imagine he carries. The players seem to want to play for him. It's very you know it's hard to get a handle on what brand of tactics he likes. It seems it seems to be certainly more traditionalist than they would have employed under Davy Fitzgerald. But uh yeah, he's uh, and he's a very forb- forbidding presence as well, and he carries great authority. Um, you know <laughs> yeah. um the, you know i noticed the uh the media the davy lohan rivalry seems our issue seems to have survived the media's fascination with it it seems to have gone on longer but uh i wouldn't be like to be the person charged with asking brian lohan about that because he doesn't seem to want to entertain questions on the matter
1: your intercounty county playing career obviously crisscrossed right uh right at the same time brendan but you would have obviously been at um Opposite ends of the field, and Conor mentioned he's a folk hero in Clare. He's there's kind of a folkish, heroic element to Brian Lawan in and even in a in a hurling context outside of Clare, like the famous red helmet. I think it might still is it in the Ga Museum? If it's not, I think I might have read that somewhere in the past. And I think when you do have a figurehead like that at the helm. Does that, does that give you something extra? Does that give the team an added impetus? Does that create a better bond within the dressing room? What sort of a tone would somebody like that set? And, you know, what kind of impact can he have in terms of Claire's ambitions this year?
2: I think he's, he's like, sometimes you say a team or a reflection or manager. I think that's the way it is with Claire. And, I say the simplicity, not in that he's not tactically aware. I think he gives responsibilities to players to go and play. Um, And I think he'd learned a lot from last year's All Ireland 75 as well. And when he put in the rookie, I suppose, at at six, things didn't go that well. And if you think of the recovery Clare have had since Ennis, even the last day, they go out and it's just fire and brimstone, unbelievable passion. And if we contrast that a little bit with Waterford's performance against Cork, supporters, you win or you lose, right? But the base requirement is passion, intensity, willingness to go to the ball and try to do whatever you can to win. Claire can, even in Ennis today, you could never say they don't have that, right? And that is a reflection on the management of Brian Lowe and he has always added that steel that he had when he was playing that I'll go through you to get the ball and to hell with you. All that kind of stuff. And I think there's a freedom maybe playing under Brian Lohan that he's not calling every puck out. He's not telling what you should do next. He's not trying to structure fellas in pods and all this kind of stuff around the pitch. He's saying, you know what, go out and stand beside the fella you're marking and beat him. And if you can help the fella beside you then after beating him, well, then that's good too. And sometimes with players, I think that can give you a freedom. And certainly within Claire, they have a way they want to play. It's angry, it's aggressive, it's unbelievable skill. Uh, and it's getting them places. Like you said, they're nine nine wins out of 14, like the, the best in the round robin. So they're doing fine and good now. But again, on Saturday night, they have to dominate, I suppose, Watford. They'll be hoping to get it out of the way as quick as they can, because they know Watford will come with everything every day. days. But Clare so much fire intensity that they, they should be able to match up to that. And that's down to quite long, to be fair to you.
1: There's been a fair bit of talk, Connor, in and around attendances and the uh, support bases getting in behind the teams. I know Liam Cahill was quite strong about the maybe lack of a Tipperary crowd in Cork last uh, Saturday night. And I would imagine that'll change drastically given the way Tipperary have been playing. And we should see that particular situation rectified in the coming weeks as Tipperary's momentum builds. But um, the Waterford support has been disappointing and the chances are they're going to be outnumbered again in a big way on Saturday night. Is that a factor?
3: I I think it's it's certainly a symptom and it possibly is a factor. I mean, um, particularly with Waterford because they would have been renowned. You know, some support bases can be quite sedate and you know, fickle and inclined to you know wait for bigger things down the line. We we know they. Uh, Kerry football fans there and then Cork football fans don't even wait for bigger things down the line. Sometimes. There is
1: no Cork football fans. <laughs> there's some, there's some.
3: Uh, but yeah, I mean, certainly w- Waterford um, you can't say they're waiting for bigger things down the line. They're not waiting for for uh, the All-Ireland series here. It, it's You'd have to say it's it's a vote of no confidence if they're staying away. Um, I know you was talking about it yesterday and um, and he, he was talking about how, you know, maybe the, he he brought, he roped in last year as well. Maybe what's happened in the last couple of years hasn't given them a reason to come out. Now, he, he's, he, he was very keen to do that. And he said at the start of the year when he inherited this crop, they were in a bad way. Now, certainly the Munster Championship came apart for them in a very dramatic and demoralizing fashion last year, but they had been very competitive in the pandemic years. So it's, I mean, it's, I mean clearly it'd have to be taken as, you know, they don't like what they see. They don't they don't believe the team is going anywhere. I mean, it this isn't this isn't a traditional Waterford posture, I would say. We all remember the naughties. They used to bring huge support to games. So yeah, it's part of it's part of the sort of ennui. That's a, to drop in a French word, that's a sweeping Waterford hurling in the last one.
1: Um to finish now as we kind of start to wrap things up Brendan what kind of a game do you expect to see and who do you see coming out on top
2: I expect to see like I said it does anything in these war for players It'll come out in the first 10-15 minutes I expect them to be in the fight up on the 45th or 50th minute and some element of misfortune happens somewhere along the road Claire get a goal and maybe run out with him by 5 or 6 and I kind of look back on last year. Do you know what we always say they have to do it this time? They have to come from nowhere. It has to happen. Do you know that kind of language? I remember watching Aron Tipperary last year. Every game we went in and by Thursday, Friday, we said, jeez, we can't lose every match in this. We'll surely have one game that will win. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then you go to car- play car- Cork and Torres with things to pen, They hit the post back up the pitch, go and go, oh, Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it just falls apart. And it strikes me a little bit of Waterford. It's going to take If there is adversity, which there always is in the game, it'll probably come in around 20 20 minutes left or so. How they overcome that will determine whether they have another uh, fight in this championship. But I am not so sure, to be honest with you. And it's disappointing to say it, and I kind of reflect maybe what the Waterford supporters maybe will be saying, that, oh, I don't know. You know, it's not really going well, is it? Oh, I can't see us winning this. You know, this kind of thing. And the team then suddenly becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, which is sad in a lot of ways, but it's the reality of sport. And I think Clare will will win on will win on Saturday night because, to be honest, they have more momentum. They have a better belief structure. I think behind them of what they're trying to do post the Limerick game, and um, I see they'll see this as a huge opportunity to to get themselves into the the last three. And from
1: for, for your from your point of view, so Connor, we'll jump to fence Yeah, and and from your point of view, Connor, I mean the. The reality is Cork found themselves in a very similar situation losing their first two matches last year. This championship is not over for Watford if there was the belief that they could go in and turn Clare over on Saturday night.
3: No, certainly not over for them, but their body language wasn't good against Cork. Maybe the fact that last weekend was a draw might perk them up a bit because had that produced a winner you're looking at Waterford needing to win two games and overhaul a fairly sizable uh, adverse score difference. So the fact that this is a draw has given them some, some boost. I don't know how the forward. I, I I just look at the two sets of forward lines. I think Claire have more firepower there. They've more confidence, more belief. You know, I, I didn't like the way Waterford sort of came apart in that court game. Um, so I, mean, I, I go with Brandon and I'd be tipping clear to win. I mean, the more I think, one well, of the more interest down the line, the really interesting question is who falls into fourth place in this in this group. To be honest,
2: mm, yeah. Um, yeah Rory, be... Just one other, sorry, sure. just one other point. Right, if Watford are to win and Davey's right, and we are all sending that to the Cork game, there has to be fifteen thousand Waterford supporters in Turles and Saturday. There just has to be like, when the Waterford players come out onto the pitch, the hair should be standing in the back of your neck. We are here for a row and we're not going out. And every man, woman, child in Waterford, who cares, will be at the match. And you saw the bug in the Gaelic grounds. Look at the scenes after the match when the clear supporters down the pitch. Like to put the hair standing in the back of your neck with my God, I'd love to be involved in a team like that with the supporters all around. And look how much it means to the players. John Conan gave up the wedding to be there. Do you know what I mean? All this kind of stuff like, and if Waterford bring a crowd, and they must bring a crowd now, then they have a bigger chance and um, but if they don't i i i think they're going to really struggle and um, and that's that the, the, they need that energy from the stands and they, at the moment they don't
1: have it well if anything over the last few days has taught us if they want to see the game they'll probably have to travel <laughs> <laughs> hashtag don't mention the war. It is available on GA. Maybe they don't know it's on. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm only joking. Uh, ha- hashtag don't mention the war. But that game is on GA. Go at six o'clock on Saturday night. Really want to save or can't wait for it myself. I think I'm going to. Do you know what? I'm going to go for Waterford here, lads. I think Waterford could 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 actually turn this game on its head. I feel that this is like I can't imagine. Watford going through two years of just absolute carnage in a championship context. And they have to try and win some sort of a round robin game under Davey. Because I think if they don't, the year would be written off as a complete and utter failure. And um, I think there'd be big questions to ask. And I don't see them getting anything from Tipperary the last day, the momentum with that Tipper building. So, I give them a I give them a shout now, and I think this could be really competitive. So I really want to save, a really want to look forward to. Just thanks to Brendan, and great to have you back, Brendan. Uh, no fault with the no fault with twenties. You went out in your shields in fairness, but uh, wasn't to be, unfortunately.
2: Yeah, it wasn't. No, in fairness to Clare, on the night they were that bit better, and uh, they had improved a huge amount. We played them in in Ennis. Just the size and the physicality of that player team, you know, it's a it's a credit to all of them down there and that. Uh, it's going to be a great final. I presume they played next Monday night or Sunday if they can get it put back to allow the senior hurlers to play. And that's another issue. I think that will have to be ironed out very quickly for 2024 under 20 championship. Please, yeah. God, let these senior hurlers play at their own level. God's sake, almighty. Like we're all GA people. I don't know why the madness that Hogan couldn't play the other night. The Downey looks like and Hogan might not be able to play in a to find The own age group is absolutely bonkers. So hopefully that will be fixed and and um yeah, it's a pity for our temporary lads. It's probably the way the lads played the other night. Just unfortunate that it wasn't to be. But, um, that's it. We follow Lee Cahill's troops now for the rest of the year.
1: Yeah, and it should be a good 20s final, actually. And it'll probably be in the stadium, no doubt, next Monday night. I didn't see the venue yet, but I assume that it is Simple Stadium. So looking forward to that. We might even take a little trip down there myself if we can get away from work in time. And just want to I say thanks to Brendan. Yeah, <laughs> just want to say thanks to Brendan. And when we come back in a couple of minutes, we've got Andy McGinley and Noel McCoy from RT Online to talk football. So welcome back. We are going to talk football now. Delighted to have Enda McKinley, uh, former Tyrone and RT uh, pundit and co-commentator, Neil McCoy from RT Online, and Connor has remained on with us. So we're going to chat football, lads. Should be a good weekend in the football championship, but hasn't really fired so far. We've only really had one brilliant match, I would suggest, in the Ulster Championship. Could you argue was um, Mayo-Roscommon well, it was certainly competitive and it was certainly a, a big upset, if you wanted to call it that. So I think with Armagh Derry, I think there's a real sense of anticipation. I would imagine it's going to be a packed clonus. There could be a real sense of um, old times and something very traditional in one sense about this final enda.
4: Yeah, it's... Uh, the atmosphere of Clonus on an Ulster final day the packed house like it's been sold out from early in the week and plenty of griping about tickets and whether it should have been moved to uh, Croke Park a huge appetite in both counties a huge want bordering on desperation in both counties for the title and in both panels for the title so it's it's got the makings of, of a brilliant, brilliant tie. Derry have been the models of consistency. Uh, Armagh were brilliant, exciting last year, seemed to wobble during the National League where there was a change in, in tone in the way they were playing. Uh, but they seem to have rediscovered their, their verve for a long time, sort of been drawn in the preliminary round of Ulster Championship was seen as a, a, a you, you definitely weren't going to win it because it was too long of a journey for Armagh. It's worked in their favour, it's allowed them to get their game up and motoring again. Even Ray O'Neill getting that goal the last day, I think that's just the way he even reacted to that. It felt as if there was a weight off the shoulder and then a, a real sort of attitude of, of, of I'm back. So Armagh are in a good place, Derry's in a good place, both sets of supporters are very enthusiastic. Both teams will survive, so the pressure of the all-out knockout is gone. So yeah, it's it's set up for a brilliant, brilliant tie.
1: What's the atmosphere like in Armagh? I'd imagine the anticipation and the excitement must be big, considering it's so long since Armagh were in an Ulster final. Yeah,
0: man, the touch you can't get a ticket. Um, there's going to be a lot of people disappointed.
1: Um, Should they have moved it to Croke Park? And man, made it made it as a double header with the Leinster final.
0: Yeah, I, I think. I don't know what the Lancer crowd's taken, but you, you would have probably took 35 40 from the Ulster. Like, I, I do think, given the just given the demand, has been phenomenal. I think, uh, it's funny. I read a piece from Stevie Poacher in the paper today where he's talking about if I had been in Crow Park, Armagh would have won the game, but he thinks Clonus just uh, the I suppose the claustrophobic sort of feel of, of Clonus allows more of a I suppose a slow, uh, pack defense sort of contest where. Park Armagh maybe could open that with their kicking game and that's the one thing I suppose question mark hanging over this Derry side is how they deal with teams that kick it against them you know um, and move so fast we've seen it with Goy last year Dublin this year even for mana had their moments although those a bit sort of you know throwing the full back off the full forward it was brilliant it was really old school but uh, yeah to answer your question Rory it's it's been 15 years for Armagh you know until it got to the final every other county in Ulster had been in the final since their last there, which is really strange given their stranglehold on it for most of the time even when Andy was playing there. So a lot of anticipation. There's a lot of buses are going to be pulling out from around the county and it's, it's going to be fairly boisterous.
1: And the big question, Niall, will the Vuvuzelas be in action?
0: Oh, the weather. <laughs> I'm just looking here. The stage of open beside me on his lashing, and I'm just thinking, move who Seal is in rain. That uh, <laughs> and a very seven point win just feels like a bad idea coming down the tracks. Uh,
1: that's that's Ulster it, finals all over. I for think you.
3: they were in the Gaelic rounds the last day when Sean O'Shea was taking free. It's not that they were much used to the Clare fans anyway, yeah, uh,
1: yeah, and um. It's Arma are obviously looking for a first Ulster title, as we said, since two thousand and eight, and Derry are looking to put back to back for the first time since the seventies, Connor. And this is, um, you know, I There's still a novelty aspect to all of this that I think probably, you know, has a fascination for the neutral as well.
3: Yeah, uh, I suppose it's the one provincial final that there's, there's real massive doubt over, I suppose, which is which is what drags people in and sucks them in. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's incredible to think Irma have gone so long without being in a final, given how dominant they were in Ulster for so long during the 2000s. I think there was between 99 and 08, there was, in a 10-year span, they won seven Ulster titles and haven't even reached a final since... We heard uh Kieran McKeever, I think, said at the start that Ulster didn't really matter anymore. That appears to look. That looks I, like a misdirection.
0: He, he, he said he was doing a Josie Mourinho, and he's all taken in. Yeah. So. <laughs> that looks like that's, 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 that's
4: just too much time with Kieran Donohue uh, and, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and, and the cute, that, carry man. That's a brilliant act
3: of misdirection. Now it certainly looks like that. Uh Yeah, it's. um yeah, you'd imagine the desire for an Ulster title in Armagh would be huge, given how poor their record in it under McGee was for so long. I mean, they couldn't win a game in it and were making headway in the qualifiers, but flopping in Ulster even up to last year where they had a very bad loss in Ballybofey. Buffet. But uh, yeah, it'll be, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes uh, on Sunday. I, I think, um, you know, anyone, the demand for tickets is incredible, and anyone who was at that quarter final, doubleheader last year and saw the sort of mania that was whipped up by the Armagh fans that day. I mean, it was the, the noise, the wall of noise when they got those two goals in injury time against Galway It was just incredible, I remember, heard anything like it. So they're a very, they're a very boisterous fan base. And uh, you, you know, I'd imagine they'll have the majority of it in Clonus at the weekend. But uh, yeah, it should be a, it should be a real old fashioned uh, primal Ulster final, I'd imagine. The two,
1: just, so, sorry, Ned.
3: I was just going to say, Connor mentioned there, like
0: it took five attempts for McGinny to win an Ulster championship match, and like it had been a real sort of issue. But Hardy always felt that he didn't really care that much about Ulster, and maybe McKeever's comments sort of fed into that a bit too. That they always were a team, that were maybe looking to make an impact on the All-Ireland series. I don't know what the boys think they're like, mm. but it's just the way that the Cards felt this year. If they hadn't made a final, given that their route was Antrim Cavan and the winners at Donegal down, it would have been a major black mark probably against them. But listen, the wonder matches, and that's mm. all they put it on.
1: You mentioned as much earlier on in the season, end, didn't you?
4: Yeah, no, I did, but that was before they were relegated. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at, at, at that stage, they were playing Galway in the league, I think it was saying, and we're... We we're saying, like, it's so the, the point was put to me that it would be critical for Armagh to try and win an Ulster title. And I didn't buy that. And I still don't buy that. But when they were relegated, that that's sort of a, a bit of a black mark, as, as Niall was calling. Yeah. Uh, and that's fine, you can manage that. But you can't sustain too much of that before the the mood in the camp sort of starts to dip and the the sort of momentum for change starts to build. And even you could feel that a a month or two ago, there was a start of a mood for change within Armagh uh, on the relegation. So I think following that, I think a decent run in the Ulster Championship was important for them. Uh, And given the side of the draw, they were on a decent run, constituted an Ulster final at a minimum. Now they're up against Derry. Is it is it critical make or break for Armagh to win this? No, would it, would they really really grab your hand offered? I think absolutely they would, but they'll 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 go on as long as the performance is good. Uh, I think I think they'll go on all right. There he's been widely tipped as favourites, but to be honest, I, I fancy Armagh. I just I think they have the athleticism to be able to match with Derry. Uh, they have serious forward threat, maybe more so than the teams that Derry have come up against so far. And I think the way Derry were so good against Monaghan, you've seen exactly what you can't do against Derry. You can't allow Derry to dictate field position completely. Monaghan sort of dropped back, came back within the 45, and Derry just kept walking them into a more and more compressed shape. Yes, there's 15 men inside the 45. The vast majority of them men are not interested in getting on the ball. They are literally standing still or walking into a more compressed shape, moving the opponents about. And I think if you allow, day to do that, they are so clever, they're so well drilled, they're so used to now playing with each other that they'll get the chances and and they'll, they'll take their scores. Arma and looking back at the Dublin league performance, they they tackled them high up the pitch, they met them higher up the pitch, they fought with them the whole way. I think Arma haven't seen. The Monaghan performance, in particular, where Derry were so good, they were so much in their comfort zone. Well, you cannot allow a team to dictate the terms of engagement, so Armagh have to have to change that up, and, and I think they're they're fit to do that.
1: It will one of the things that always I'm intrigued by is the old boxing par, uh, parlance of styles make fights. So, in terms of this, is Would this be characterised, Enda, in your view, as a clash of styles? And if the game is played on Derry's terms, obviously that's what they would favour. So how do Armagh play it the way they want to play it?
4: It's it's exceptionally difficult because of the way Derry set up and Derry play. And there's so much in terms of pushing out of up the pitch. That they force the opposition to play on their terms, and they've been brilliant at doing that. Like they're 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 men that very commonly pick up inside fourteen yard positions as the likes of Owen Mc- Owen McAvoy, Gareth McKinless, uh even Chrissy McCabe was there a lot against Monaghan. Them's three key defenders for Derry. Who's with them? Your key forwards. So even when you win a turnover and you try to break up the pitch, the opposition team. Is not in the shape that they want to be counter attacking in. So, even so, Derry's whole attacking philosophy both puts them in the driving seat from their own attack, but also messes about with the opposition's shape so much that their counter attacks are going to be less effective. Uh, so, ups, in terms of clash of styles, look, Armagh showed during the league that they're well capable. Kerry, I even commented after the Kerry match that I felt McGeaney was almost working on developing that defensive style looking ahead to the potential of an Ulster title, they would have to take down Derry, I surmised, at that stage. And for me, the the, the most common approach to take on a a counter-attacking style like Derry's is to mirror them, to set up, to drop back, and then counter and just try and get into that chess match where you come out on top. Having seen the Monaghan game, I'm I'm thinking you can't do that because I think that's how Monaghan's set up, to to try and outdo Derry, to match them, to mirror them, and and then try and win out. Uh, I, I think you can't do that with Derry. I think their setup is too good. It messes about with your approach too much that you have to try and meet them a wee bit earlier up the pitch. You have to upset the dairy attack higher up the pitch, look for those turnovers higher up the pitch. Uh, athletically, you have to be able to match them all over the pitch. You can't have one-on-one because they they look to expose that. Uh, but again, I, I think Arma have a team able to do that and I think the Monaghan game will have they'll have learned a huge amount from that game
1: And are you saying the, that on that basis that you would probably see both teams press the kick out quite, um, quite aggressively and does it then maybe boil down to your far lighter in the middle of the field and that's a very interesting contest between the two sets of midfielders
4: Yeah, massively I think kick outs- Kickouts and turnovers, them's the only two stats that really counts now and how productive you are off them. Uh, So kickouts are going to be contested. I I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, Derry have have very much pushed up aggressively on them. I think Derry, like Gallagher, always goes after key men on the opposition. I think Ethan Rafferty and the attention he gets is going to be absolutely uh, critical this Sunday. I think they will have a plan for him. Uh, and how that works out, and if Arma are able to cope with that, that's going to be massive. But they're, they're going to be trying to put huge pressure on them, because for me, the Arma midfield would have been weaker. Now they've had huge reinforcements, them men that have come back, like Creeley and Macken, like So they're, they're a transformed team compared to the team that was playing at the start of the league.
1: Who picks up Shane McGuigan Niall? And, who, you know, in, in the form of Connor Turbett, Myrne and Soupy? even, Arma have plenty of weapons to hurt Derry at the other end.
0: They do, they do, and just briefly, I, I'm not convinced Arma will press on the kick out. To be honest, right? Okay. Uh, I think there you're going to try and uh, going to put the most aggressive press you'll ever see, and um, because that midfield area when you've got Glass, Rogers, horn Lynch, and possibly Kieran McFall, it's a, uh, it's a platform to dominate. Um, I think Arma might just be a bit more cautious. But to your point. Listen, I think the good thing about the down match was that Pierce Laverty completely tied Conor turbot up. Uh, turbot just couldn't get into the game at all. Laverty done brilliantly on him. And Armagh were still in second gear, in all honesty. Um, there are a few fitness doubts. If Mernon has a bit of an ankle issue, if he's out, it's, a, it's, it's probably the losing of the game for me, personally speaking, given how good he's been and how important yeah. he is in that midfield on kickouts and, and up front as well. Uh, but... I'd love to see Armagh go a bit hell for leather. Um, you know, you look at the high balls they're putting in against Down, and a couple of the goals came off pointed shots that fell short. But from the first minute, they are blasting the ball in, uh, and there has been question marks over the Stary full back line under the under the high ball. So I think we will see a bit of that, and uh, the big men around the pitch, like you know, Murnan and O'Neill and boys like that. So they have the firepower to win it. Um, I I think End is spot on. I think. Truly was a dress rehearsal for this very match. So I do expect to see a lot of a lot of you know a bit of a chess match, but when they break, I think they're going to move it shocking and fast and they're going to hit it very, very high. <laughs> you know, it's going to be back to the 70s once they get that counter. I think they're going to pepper that goal for stages of the match. Uh, not all the time, obviously. Like so it should be very interesting from that side of things anyway, because it's going to be a bit old school, I think, uh, when Arma do manage the turnovers on the
1: in the 40. We love old school. A um, chess we, match and we, we love old school and a chess match. I think that's actually an interesting point I made in relation to the chess match. So obviously, last year's Ulster final, which got a lot of criticism. And of course, I know even the Sunday game and RT got criticism because we weren't telling people what was really going on. It was a bad game, right? The two teams kind of cancelled each other out. And I suppose I've, uh, I've made a point before that when two teams cancel each other out, it's the game of Gaelic football that gets cancelled in that scenario. And is that potentially what we could see happen on Sunday, Connor?
3: Well, you wouldn't have thought so, given that Armand have, have played it yeah. up to last year anyway. They played a very different style from Derry, much more direct, much more attack minded, much more traditional. But then Derry have evolved their game. I mean, I see Derry seem to be um, following a similarish trajectory to the Donegal 2011 12 in the sense that there's some parallels there. Like Donegal got to a semi final and lost it by virtue of being perceived as too defensive and, and not being able to rack up enough score. I think they scored Donegal scored six points in that semi, and Derry scored one six against Galway last year. So there are distinct parallels. And then over the course of the following year, they added a more attacking. They they developed the attacking side of their game, and you can see Derry are are mustering huge scores. I mean, one twenty one against. I mean, an eight point win over Monaghan is a fair statement. You it know, is. So. Uh, and definitely the way the way they attack and the sort of purpose and the certainty with which they attack it's very methodical. It seems to be very well crafted and well worked out. Um, I'd be I'd be inclined to think they'll win it, but it's definitely Armagh are definitely a wild card And I I'd, um, I, I don't know will it be? I don't know will it follow the pattern of last year's final? I think I think last year's Ulster final was that definitely was the case of two teams mirroring each other and canceling out. And it was, I think we, we might've had 12 or 15 minutes or so without a score. And there was a huge amount of lateral passing, but, uh, I think it's set up to be a more, more of a, I mean, don't quote me on this, but a more exciting game this
1: weekend. Yeah, I think it will be. And from your point of view, I think you hinted earlier on in terms of who, like what's more, who's got, what's more at stake for which team and, uh, like who do you think would really be motivated to go after this? Obviously, they're both chasing little bits of history in different ways. And who do you see coming out on top?
4: I I think Armagh, while now now that they're there and they've got the chance of winning, and the, the opponent that that they're up against on on Sunday and everything else, I I think Armagh will have massive motivation. Derry have played unbelievably with the same consistency and the same massive motivation in every single game and i expect that to bring the same i think Derry have been playing at their ceiling the whole time now it's a very very strong ceiling uh but it's matches like this that you wonder have have they got another gear in them to raise to the occasion they, they probably have maybe another half gear but have they another full gear i'm 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 not convinced, like whenever they were taking on Dublin and Celtic Park, that was built as a massive, massive game and for me there's only so many times in a season that teams can really go to that very special place where you're producing special performances uh, in the big, big games They have been there a couple of times during the National League to get over the line and, and really ramp at home I think uh, Arma, for me uh, although they are favourites I can understand that, their performances are so consistent and are probably at a higher level. But Armagh just have the artillery and have the know-how and will have seen enough of Derry now to to take them down potentially.
1: And I know you want and hope Armagh will win. Do you think they can, Niall?
0: I think they can, yeah. Do you think they will? I probably don't. I do think Derry are a better team uh, ever so slightly, um, I'm going to be honest, I really don't really know what to expect, Rory, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I still see Armagh coming through and playing three Division three teams in Ulster this so far. And I think that's probably just going to stand against them. more, as, as Connor alluded to, or to, to put an eight-point victory over a, a Monaghan side who we know have all the character in the world is a real, not a statement, but it's a real sign of just where this Derry team are. Like, you, you forget to play in Division two this year. Uh, I would no certainly whatsoever. I fancy dairy maybe to come out and pop slightly. Mm.
1: Moving on to Leinster, so lads, and um, we, we, your old taskmasters heading into Croke Park to try and uh, put uh, put on a show against the Dubs, and nobody giving them an absolute chance. But I doubt Mickey is thinking like that.
3: Yeah, he'll,
4: he'll not be, and it's one of those games. You look at it, immediate reaction, yeah, Dublin win possibly comfortable enough but then you look at low you look at how well they'd be set up you look at how a uh, much resilience have shown throughout the campaign you look at the progress over the last couple of years and you look at the man on the sideline and then you just start to get a wee bit less cocky about your prediction <laughs> you start to you start to hedge your bets there is definitely a but there is definitely a but to this game because Dublin uh unlike Derry Dublin have not been the models of consistency. Uh, Their performance against Kildare has been critiqued in that everybody expected them to blow Kildare away, but that was more because everybody thought Kildare were a mess. Kildare played brilliantly the last day against them. So Dublin's performance against them, I don't think can be critiqued too much. I think it was difficult for Dublin to prepare for Kildare. And when Kildare came out playing at the level they did, Dublin done well to get through that match and not to get caught with a complacent loss, so to speak. Uh, I think the fact that that match was as tight as it is, I think will have helped Dublin an awful lot and will have reduced the chance for them to get caught by Louth. Because bottom line, as much as Louth are well set up and have progressed brilliantly and everything else, there's so much positive there, uh, they're still a step behind the quality that Dublin have uh, and the experience that Dublin have, so you still expect all things being equal, Dublin to come through. If Dublin play well, Dublin win this game potentially easily, potentially easily. Uh, but if they're off it, Louth will absolutely go after them, and will have full belief that they can they they can get over the line. I would have no doubt at all. So, uh, yes, Dublin strong favourites. I think that's that's fair enough. Will we learn a huge amount about them? I'm not so sure this weekend. Uh, the goalkeeper one will be interesting. Loud really, really hunt the 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 goalkeeper kickouts. Now they conceded the goal off their high press against Offaly, and they'll be wary of that because Dublin will have more quality in that regard, and will I think will look to expose that whenever they see Loud in the high press situations. So that'll be probably for me looking into the game. I'm going to be fascinated looking at that. Uh, but yes, look, you can't get away that this should be a Dublin win.
1: You think, and you and you think comfortable, even though and. Uh... The, they they acquitted themselves quite well in the league in the league game that was played in Croke Park which would obviously stand to them to a certain extent now Dublin did push on towards the back end of that game and ran out comfortable winners and it might be something similar again but yeah. chances are Louth will have improved since then they've had some very good wins in the Leinster Championship and look ultimately what what are you trying to peak for only to win silverware That this is their last chance to do that this year so while I'm not saying there's a potential upset on the cards could this be closer than maybe people give uh, Mickey well, Hart and loads credit for
4: no absolutely so, com- so by comfortable I'm not talking last weekend provincial finals comfort yeah. definitely definitely not I'm expecting that come the last 5-10 minutes I'm thinking that we we are fairly confident of the result of this game. I'm expecting sort of a five, six point win, uh, which can suddenly become uncomfortable if you can see the last minute goal or something like that. They are allowed get a wee run at them at the right time. But I do expect Dublin to have a bit to spare. I, I don't expect it to be a one or two point game. Uh, are allowed capable of doing that? Absolutely. If it's that close, can they get over the line? They could, but it's a small percentage chance of that. It's a much bigger percentage chance for me that Dublin would win out Five, six,
1: seven
2: points.
1: The fact that the two teams know where they're going afterwards, Connor. The fact that the the losers that go into a group with Kerry and Mayo and Cork. Now, look, people can say what they like about Cork and and have plenty in the past, but it is arguably a, a tricky group that the the losers will go into. So, does that have any significance on Dublin's mindset, or does it make any difference whatsoever?
3: Well. I think they would seek to go about winning it in any event. Mm. Um, I, yeah, I mean they probably they'd prefer to avoid that group one. I mean after group two, I mean if anything, that question I think is more relevant for the Ulster final because you know the losers of the Ulster final are torpeded to a very awkward group where, I mean likelihood is you're going to at worst come third, but it, that's 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 an awkward position to be left in. Um, for for Leinster, I mean I. I I would imagine, yeah, uh, Dublin would go about their business and seek to try and win it anyway. I don't know, would they be overly preoccupied with the group they'd be in? Because I'd imagine they'd be confident of getting out of it in any event. Um, certainly Group 3 is, looks it's more straightforward group than Group 1, you'd have to say. Um, we've all been so conditioned to assuming, you know, Dublin will waltz through Leinster for so long and... Yeah, imagine they will again. I I tend to agree with Enda that it'll be it'll be on the comfortable side somewhere in the somewhere in the region of what happened in the uh, league game between the pair, where I think it was about seven points between them. Dublin didn't score a goal, but still won pretty handily. Um, it does say something for for Leinster Championship and how right for plundering it is that you, you can get a team like Lowther and in Division Four in a point to sort of. Uh, a storied coach from Ulster and they're immediately able to um, rise to the second best team in the, in the province almost as soon as you can. I mean, they've gone up two divisions uh, in the first two years, almost went up to Division 1 this year, and suddenly they're the second best team in Leinster. I mean, it, it does lead you to wonder what the rest of of, of Leinster is doing. they really, you know, that that if, if a team like Louth where, where no hopers can bring in Mickey Hart and suddenly saunder by everyone. I mean, it, it really does show you the condition of the rest of the province.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting point, Niall. The only thing is, and it was something that I forgot to put on the brief beforehand, so I hope I'm not showing any curveballs here, but Kildare are playing an All-Ireland under-20 final on Saturday, and it's their second in a row. And I, I, w- I was at the game against Dublin with a young lad in uh, our club on the on the panel. He came on, the game went extra time. And they dug out a really good win. And they've been beating Dublin very regularly at underage level. So while they have have struggled to translate that success up to senior level, I think Kildare are possibly better than what people might imagine. And I, while obviously Louth are there on Sunday, given what's going on in the underage ranks, there are green shoots still in Leinster for the teams that should be challenging Dublin, which is namely Meath and Louth or Kildare, sorry.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, as I say, back-to-backs, uh, all Iron Fiennes losing the throne last year. Real character. I, I thought they were excellent that under-20 team against Down like, did a horrible
1: start, but I thought... They, they were couldn't... one... Was it 1-3 to no score? They didn't get their first point until the 25th yeah, I,
0: minute? Something like 1-5 to a point after that or something like yeah. that. and I thought from there they were really, really, really good. So, yeah, I take your point. So the point is who's the second best, which is probably going to be the... Still, the topic of conversation for a long time to come, in, Leicester. But you know, Mickey Hart and the role Gavin Davin's playing this loud team. Uh, you know, talk to people in loud and, and people around the setup and all like, and they're they're very quick to talk about the impact horses had it. And my brother, he manages down there, he's at he's at the loud talk show last night and said Davin was just in incredibly entertaining form, like and they're very very relaxed. I think the fact, and I said this before, Rory, the fact that they took Mulroy right back ahead of the. Westmead game a few weeks before he was fully recovered or due to be fully recovered spoke volumes now, showed their intent showed yeah. their intent it didn't exactly you know the an awful first half there that the needed extra time against awfully so it hasn't been playing sailing for sale but the fact that they took Mulroy back then instead of saying right we'll use him in the All-Ireland series round robin um, when he's fully fully motoring just spoke volumes to me like you know they've targeted this and as I said it's, it's Mickey Hart like and they're going to target a win here, like there's, and I think if you played back my uh, comments before the Kildare match, I says, well, you know, something Dublin are going to hammer that. We all know that, like, but the thing about Dublin is it the name, like, can can we are we sort of letting them off the hook a wee bit when we look at the first round of the league match?
1: But should they play all their matches, you know, in Croke? Park? <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> but they're they're very fair against Kildare in the first match. They could have lost. They could have lost down in court. Clare should have beat them. Derry did beat them. Okay, we were in the game against and weren't really in the game. Uh, and then the Kildare semi-final. So it's not they're not doing what Kerry are doing down south like in terms of just walls and through teams. They're not doing what Derry are doing in terms of Walls and through teams. So maybe we're just overestimating that this Dublin team are wee touch of where they are now. And if they, it was Kerry having the campaign or a meal, we'd probably be asking more questions. And and rather as I think Connor says we're we're programmed to go back and say, Well, Dublin will do this, which is fair enough. I'm the exact same. In saying that, I have to agree. I don't see how Laura get within a half a dozen points. Um, I think it's been a great season going through the league with Mulroy out for part of it. Casey Byrne with that serious injury is a hell of a player. So to get to where they've been has been fantastic. And I do think in the round robin, they're going to be a real danger to most teams to play. Just, I just think Dublin have, you know, the the ability there to put the game dead in a fifteen minute period. You can see them hitting two, three, two, four, and just killing the match like that. They, they still have that wee instinct, and I think a Lancer final is a great opportunity for them to remind the country. But if they really struggle to get over the line, I do think the questions need to be a bit firmer about where Dublin actually are right now.
3: Yeah, well, I think, yeah. by the way, hard, hard and Loud, I don't think would have the same baggage about playing Dublin this time around, particularly with him at the helm. Than say Mead, do I mean I get the, I always get the impression Mead, the Mead football psyche has nearly been devastated by the rise to the rise of Dublin to being a sort of quasi invincible yeah. force in Leinster. On the Kildare point, in the medium term, I think Kildare are certainly the second best team in Leinster, and probably in the short term as well. I mean, in addition to the under twenties, they've been a very strong at schools level mm. with the schools in Nays. I, mean, I think there was an all-Kildare-Leinster final a couple of years ago. So they have, I mean, Kildare are clearly coming and, and possibly at the back end of this decade, they might be in a position where they can topple Dublin and demographics are kind of aiding them as well in that respect. So in the long term, it's Kildare, but, you know, loud, loud have a crack this weekend.
1: Mm, it's a blue future for the time being in Leinster and I suppose on a wider point, three out of then you could potentially look at the Vista where three out of four provincial finals Become non-competitive, sort of, you know, very poor contests, I suppose. Look, that's probably a discussion and an argument for another day. In relation to the Talchon Cup, which obviously throws in this weekend, looking at the four fixtures that are on, particularly Saturday, there are eight games in total, which is quite a lot. And and look, we won't get back to our old hobby horse, the condensed calendar. Um, The question I'd like to ask, Enda, As somebody who played, well, you managed a team that obviously competed in it. And, um, you know, like the fact that it's moved to a round-robin format, right? And like you have a fixture there now, let's say for argument's sake, Limerick versus Longford in the Gaelic Grounds on Saturday night. Will there be 500 at that match? You know, I'm not entirely sure. Question, I suppose, is did it need to be round-robin?
4: Uh, I suppose leaving Leitrim last year after getting turned over you would have have liked the round robin all right? for for some teams at this level the round robin will be brilliant for the teams that are trying to build and, and do good work that'll be great there will be I suspect several of the teams whose players will have a dropped out or starting to walk away and sort of lose interest don't really feel they're going to do anything and that potentially then means that we're going to have several teams that just are are going through the motions. Potentially, we'll will we'll will we'll see what what this weekend brings. But there's certainly teams that have had a poor league campaign, uh, followed by poor championship results. And it's very hard to think, if you're within those camps, how you're really trying to gather up a, a momentum to, to do something significant in the Talent Cup when there's so many sort of big hitters, like Cavan and Meath and Down, uh, Fermanagh, that, that, that are down there, if you know what I mean. I suppose the thing about the, the lopsided provincial... Finals, for me, if you're a division or three, four team, probably to get out of the Talton Cup, you need to be winning your province rather than just getting to the provincial final because of the nature of some of the draws. That's a lot easier in some provinces than others, obviously. And and that might have tightened it up a wee bit. Uh, but look, I have long argued that I think it is a brilliant competition if it is run right and and publicised right. And last year I thought they, they got that spot on the live coverage of games, the position of games in Croke Park. You've seen how Calvin and Westmeath and and those teams really, really engaged with it and what it meant when you've seen the the photos in the winter coming back from, from Westmeath on their team holiday. So I think all of that is really, really positive. Any competition needs several years for it to start developing its own history. I still am uneasy with the thing that we, we spend half the year talking about how... You, much, you have to avoid the Talton Cup and how much of a disaster it would be to be in the Talton Cup. And now we're saying, "I look, it's a great competition to win. Whereas <laughs> we're, we're deeming it a terrible thing for half the teams to be there. Uh, so th- those are the quibbles I would have in terms of the round robin. I think it's good. It, it gets teams going. I think there will be pretty dull matches within this. Uh, and so the I, I still think the whole state of the championship is in a state of flux. And over the next three, four years, we're going to learn lots about what's working and what's not working. And I think we just need to ease off, take it on its own merits this year and move on rather than wr- wr- wringing our hands that it's not perfect this year.
1: Yeah, and it's a very fair point, Niall, that Enda makes, like this will probably have to be taken in the round over a couple of years, but Enda made a very good point there in relation to publicity. Now, how, I don't know how many intercounty matches are on this weekend across, all, I don't, is it somewhere in the region of about 40, right? there is a danger that this is going to be lost and the old hobby horse of people giving out then about why don't RT, you know, RT get to blame for everything RT you get to blame for the weather. So like there's, you know, how do you square that circle in terms of trying to give competitions that are, you know, at ground zero and looking to get off the ground, at, but you're, you've positioned it into a calendar where there's 150 million matches it's it's a very difficult one to solve, isn't it?
0: Yeah, and, and I'm going to make the situation worse, Rory, because I'm still of the belief that there should be three tiers in the football championship. Um, yeah. <laughs> the whole point of the Italian Cup is that it's achievable silverware for teams that couldn't win the Sam McGuire. But and I put I was at the launch on one, and I put this to Dara Folea, said you finished sixth in Division Four and made. Who finished sixth in Division Two are in the same competition, and there's still that massive chasm. Like, I, I just the bottom of the Division Four teams do not have a chance to win this competition, in my opinion. Uh, where you know, if you could get three competitions, two 12s, and maybe get Kilkenny back, and you could have two 12s and a 10, I think you have genuine Division Four teams have genuine chance of winning. But listen, that's an argument for another day. Yeah, it's uh, it's it the, the new All Ireland round robin series, there too. That it's and Laurie McCarthy says he didn't want it to suffer. Eyes. He used the term sophomore slump at the launch as in a great first year followed by a second year where everything goes to pot. And it is, it's just... And we've know,
1: seen Tommy. that before by the way with Tommy Murphy. Yeah, I mean, we've yeah.
0: Seen that I, I, I do think they put the, the cornerstone in there last year but the way they promoted it. And, and it's right though, Kevin, Darren, me, they don't want to be in the competition. But that's that's something you're never going to be able to avoid. It is yeah. going to be a, a, a booby prize for some counties. But... You look at it this week, and it's going to be lost this week. Maybe not so much this week, but when it's going up against, uh, I think there might be two weekends out of 3 three. It'll be up against the All Ireland Round Robin, and it's the nature of the beast. Like it's 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 going to lose ground there, and I just don't know what else you can do because you can't move it, you can't move it anywhere else in the calendar. Uh, the Round Robin format probably does give it a bit more uh, credence of, of of how much of a serious competition it is. So. I don't know, Rory. I don't know what hmm. you could do to improve it. it it's just... Until I, I, suppose, to... I suppose,
1: as, as Enda mentioned, sorry, Niall, I suppose as Enda mentioned, it's just, it's a, it's a sort of a... You're just going to have to bite and bump it for a couple of years and just see, iron out the kinks as you go along. Would that be fair?
0: I, I would say the one thing is the players, and this was surprising about last year, and this is why it succeeded last year. Bar maybe a few Ulster teams, and I, I don't know, Enda know more about how Antrim approached it, but down certainly at the launch, and all the way they're talking at the launch... They weren't too fussing it, but the way the managers and the players spoke about it from the start last year was crucial to his success. And even at the launch of Monday, Niall McParland was down from down, and the tone had changed completely. Uh, I didn't get talking to Peter Healy from Manta, but the tone had changed completely. Like they are really looking for this competition. They see it as a great chance to win silverware so War for a young team. So in the end, all the promotion, all the coverage in the world, it needs the teams to take it seriously. And it does sound like teams are going to take it seriously. And that's probably where it will get us light blood.
1: Uh, yeah, look, it's a, something certainly to look forward to. Or as Liam O'Neill said on Katie Hannon Monday, on Monday night, maybe you don't want to pay for it. <laughs> it was included in his own county. Because uh, Cavan Leach obviously is the GA goal game there on that on Saturday at four o'clock throw-in, And we have both provincial finals on RT Sunday game live. There's a Saturday game live as well, Our Saturday game highlights program this week from half past nine with Damian Lawler. There's a Sunday game live. I think we're on a quarter past one, one o'clock for the double header in the provincial championships, which is Dublin Louth, followed by Armagh Derry, biggest game of the weekend. And then obviously Sunday game highlights that night. Radio Sport will have it. Boxed all across the weekend, Saturday and Sunday. I just want to thank Noel, thank Genda, thank Connor, thank Brendan Cummins from earlier, thank Raf for recording and publishing and printing. And um, yeah, we'll look, we'll see everybody back again here again on Monday morning. Look forward to reviewing it all again and seeing how the whole thing panned out. Cheers. Bye bye. Possession crucial from this. How much longer will the referee allow?
0: Dublin lead by
1: By winning the last two matches on the road, and that's not going to be taken away from us. But what I love in hurling, I love players that never give in. He hits it! He hits it! What? It's over the bar! Oh, holy Moses!